Hi, Coach Joe Lucas, and welcome to the Magellan Network Show. For nearly 30 years, I've been focused on helping advisors become the best, both personally and professionally. This show is dedicated to sharing with you tools, tips, strategies, distinctions, things that are working now. I'd love for you to take a moment, and if you're watching this on YouTube, click the like button and also the subscribe button so you get automatic updates. And if you happen to be listening to us on a podcast, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you leave a positive review for us. Now, with that said, let's get to today's episode. Hi, it's your coach, Joe Lucas, and welcome to this episode of the Magellan Network Show. In this episode, we're going to continue our conversation, I guess continue my story of how I got started, uh, part two. So uh, where we left off in our last episode, um, I was uh, resigning from Robin's organization. I was getting ready uh, to go off on my own. And uh, I remember that weekend uh, in February uh, very, very vividly because uh, my wife, Marissa, uh, we, were, we were very, very pregnant with our first uh, child, Joseph. And, uh, and I remember, like I said last episode, you know, I went to uh, Minuteman Press in Somerville, New Jersey, got these ugly business cards. And uh, got ready to get on, uh, get on the train to at the time World Trade Center, and then you know start my new game. And you know there are things in your life that happen, right? And I I do believe in you know divine guidance, and I think things come into your world. Now you have to recognize they do, and then you got to take action on them. Nothing nothing happens if you don't do anything. But I remember uh, Marissa and I were talking that weekend, and she goes, I remember she said to me, she said, look, you got to make at least $2,000 a month, or you got to go get a job. And that scared the crap out of me, because I'm not, I'm not employable. I'm just not, you know, just not, not who I am. And, uh, but I wanted to create an anchor and association, so what I did I actually uh, answered it. This is when the papers, right? I I went into the New York uh, Star Ledger and uh, went in help wanted section, and I saw that there was this company in uh, I think it was Linden, New Jersey. They were hiring limo drivers, and um, I just remember saying to myself, "That would you know that would be the worst possible job. That maybe being a gardener butler, like that'd be the worst possible thing. I'd have to drive around successful people, and I'd hate that." Uh, and, uh, so I went for the interview and, and, you know, luckily, you know, they never called me back. I think I gave out that vibe, but just going through the process of interviewing and just understand it scared that, that there was way more fear there. Like, man, if I fail, that's going to be my future. And I didn't want that. So got back on the train. So I got on the train, going to world trade, start talking. I go what I was doing, right? And, you know, uh, you know, all the receptionists knew me. I didn't know I, they didn't know I resigned. They, you know, there was no reason for them to know. Uh, so I start seeing, I start seeing some of my clients and I sit down with them, you know, and I said, I remember, I said, Hey, I got some very exciting news. Um, remember when you said that you would love to sit down and talk to me and help me like, kind of be like your consultant. Well, good news is I can do that now. The uh, unfortunate news is that I can't do, I'm no longer doing that under the umbrella of, right, Robbins Research International slash Anthony Robbins and Associates. And uh, I said, so here's my offer to you. And this is, this is the offer. I said, uh, you know, give me an hour of your time. Give me your three biggest challenges you're currently facing. And at the end of that hour, I'm going to hand you a blank invoice. You will fill out. 
What do you think this is worth to you? Cash or check only, please. And that was it. And that's literally how I started my business was by going to people and offering and just giving and taking all the risk off the table. All right. So, no, but, hey, if you thought it was BS, don't pay me anything. Right. And I did it for two reasons. Uh, number one, I needed to make money. And so I realized that if I had to go through a sales process and, and agreements and all this other stuff that it was going to stretch me out and I had to go bring $2,000 in the first 30 days. So I hit up everybody and I literally just took massive action. Um, did I know what I was doing? No. Did I provide value? Yeah. The good news, and you got, you got to remember this, this is the early 90s, okay? Let's be very clear where we are here, early mid-90s. There was no coaches. There was no ICF yet. I think it was just being, in fact, I remember going to one of the very first International Coach Federation meetings in New Jersey. 1993-94. Like, this is, like, there was no blueprint. There was no, like, how to be a coach. There was none of that. Right? There's none. Z-E-R-O. And uh, I just went around, and uh, that's how I started. You know, I just would go ahead and give away my time. And, uh, and you know, I, I remember some people literally would be 20 bucks, 10 bucks. Uh, some people would be a couple hundred bucks. I remember uh, one very successful um, at broker at the time. It was like he'd give me 500 bucks for the hour. I almost fell over. It was cash. It's like he peeled out hundreds out of his pocket and say, here, right? That's how I started. And then I networked my ass off at various Chamber of Commerce meetings. And uh, I wasn't worried about what I was charging. I worried about two things. Practicing my craft and getting paid to practice my craft. Getting paid whether it was 20 bucks, 10 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, I didn't care. Right? But there was an exchange of value. So fast forward 30 days, I, I, make, the, I make the number. So I validate. We also have a baby, same time. And um, yeah, I just remember... You know, just always getting up, like having to make things happen. You know, getting up, going to uh, going to Chamber of Commerce, networking meetings in the morning, uh, seeing clients mid-afternoon, going, you know, going to New York, going to lunches to networking, after hours to networking. Like, you know, between doing coaching sessions and just marketing, you know, it was a, it was a easily a 14, 16-hour day. And this wasn't when the internet, so let's be very clear, this is like the year of AOL dial-up. So it wasn't like you had a website, like you had to go do it old school, like, you know, business card, a pager, and a calling card. That was, those are my tools. And uh, how you found out about things, right, were through the mail, through the newspaper, right? There was no, uh, the way it is today, man, nothing was on your fingertips at all. And I just remember, you know, just doing it. Like, I think when you're young enough, you could be naive. I think sometimes being naive is a gift. I think sometimes we get older, we overthink things. But I just remember, I was, you know, I'm like, or my, I'm like 31, 30, somewhere like that. And, I, and I'm like, yeah, of course, why, why wouldn't this work, right? And, uh, and ignorance is bliss, right? So we go ahead and do that. Um, so I'm doing my model, right, like that. And then, um, and I would like, and think about this. I'm coming to you. So if you, if you were on the 57th floor of a building, I'd come see you in Manhattan. Uh, if you were in Jersey City, I'd come see you. Wherever you were, I'd come see you. I remember driving to Alpine, Long Island, uh, taking the trains to Manhattan, 
all over New Jersey sitting, just sitting in, in uh, Guardian offices, uh, Northwestern offices, uh, Morgan Stanley offices, uh, Merrill offices, UBS offices, um, offices that don't exist anymore, right? And I just remember sitting in them and just doing what I did. I, I, I existed in branches, just what I did. I existed in them. Breakfast, I'd go from one to another to another to another. And like like literally road trip, car, meeting, get done, get in car, drive, next meeting, drive three or four or five meetings a day, make whatever I make, right? Uh, rinse, repeat. Here's the funny part. Because, you know, the society, the industry, stuff like that, the, the one thing we did, which we couldn't afford to do, by the way, we had to go into debt for it. We ended up, my wife said, you know, you got to dress for success. So, okay, what does that mean? She goes, we got to get you custom clothes. So I literally had custom suits, custom shirts, all that. I couldn't afford it. Like, like we literally went into debt for it, right? But I had custom shirts and I had looked the part, right? Talk about the imposter syndrome, right? Running rampant potentially, right? Here I am looking the part, barely having 10 bucks in my pocket, but I had $800 suit on at the time and a $150 shirt, right? So I had $1,000 on, no money. That's how we started. The old, story, the, old, you know, the old story, fake it till you make it, there was a lot of truth to that back then. A lot of truth to that. And uh, I remember I met two individuals my first year, Robert Scott and Andy Tupler, 28 years ago. They are still clients today. 28 years later, they're still clients today. Now, I don't know how many coaches in the, in the game can say, hey, I've, I've gotten relationships, you know, that are 20, almost 30 years of uninterrupted work. I'm blessed by that. I'm going to tell you about another human being that came in my life. You know, sometimes, you know, I, when I did the first part, I said, you know, I didn't really do it all justice. There's, there, there's something I need to do. And so... Well, if you if you listen to the first part, you remember I, I had this mentor like at 17, 18, took me to Zig Ziglar, like really, really changed the uh, trajectory of my life, right? Because if I didn't meet him, Lord only knows where I would end up, where I'd be today. Quite frankly, I could be dead. Who knows? Ralph Oates, R-A-L-P-H-O-A-T-S. Um, I think he's in Dallas these days. So Ralph... Um, it's a long story. We won't get into the details, but he was a truck driver that went into uh, network marketing, direct sales, uh, water filtration, air filtration. That's where I met him, right? In essence, he, I bet you, a guy, I bet you he's in his late 70s, 80s now. And um, and for a couple of years, man, I was like his adopted son. And I learned a lot from that, man. I almost moved to, he moved to Georgia. He was living in uh, Marietta, Georgia. And I almost moved to Marietta, Georgia, like when I was 21 years old. I just want to be around him, right? Uh, that did not happen. And uh, so long story short, we, se- we separate. So I see him, we separate. Don't talk to him for a decade, literally almost a decade. Quit doing, I'm off doing my other thing now. So this is, you know, I'm going to tell you something about me personally, which I never, I've never shared before, but I think some of you will find it's kind of interesting. So remember that name, Ralph Oates. Okay, just remember that name. So fast forward now, right? So... I haven't met my wife, Marissa, yet. My buddies and I decide one evening, 
Uh, we want this is this is when you didn't have Dish Network or DirecTV. We want to go watch the fights. So back then, you had to go into the newspaper to see what bar was having the fights, and you have to pay cover and, you, and like closed circuits. So that's the way things were done back then. And I remember it was a Friday. I remember it was a Friday night, and uh, I remember I didn't want to go. I was just like I was tired. We just I'd come back from a vacation. My friend says, hey, well, let's go. I said, well, where do you want to go? I said, I don't know. Let's look at the paper, da, da, da. And we find it. We go to this place in Bridgewater. So I think it was called First Place. It was in the Bridgewater Commons Mall. Bridgewater Commons Mall, for those of you who are, uh, who are around that area at the time. And I'm not, like, I'm just there to watch the fights. Uh, Chavez Whitaker won, I think it was. I know it was one of those, one of the trilogies. It's one of the trilogy fights. And, um, and I would just, and I, and I just remember just hanging out, and then my buddy, who was one of, one of our tribe, uh, was talking up this redhead over there on the corner of the bar, and I was not really paying that much attention. I was just doing my thing over here. Bear with me with the story. She mentions, uh, I overhear it actually, because she's rich, she's blowing my friend off brutally, like viciously, you know, just knocking him down. And then she made a comment about an event in Dallas, Texas that she was going to go to. And I was like, oh, okay, right? And so um, I caught that because I, cause, um, I know through the grapevine of my acquaintances that there's a black tie happening in Dallas, Texas, too. Now, what are the odds? I want to understand this to you all. What are the odds of two strangers? Understand this. Two strangers. Two strangers. In a, in a bar, which I know sounds like, you know, almost like a movie right now. One talking to the other's friend, but in earshot. Just happens to pick up on a couple of words. Black tie Dallas. Like that's all I heard. I'm watching the fight. Like, like literally, if I my ear was if my head was turned some other direction, I would have missed it. But I heard it. I remember just turning around going, Oh, you're not going to Ralph and Kathy Oates' black tie party, are you? And that was like literally it. That's all I said. Next thing we know, we talk. That was Friday. Saturday, we go out. Sunday, I meet her family. We go to Dallas. We come back engaged in less than 14 days. And I'm looking down the, I'm looking down at almost 30 years of marriage. So I want you to understand this. One human being. So check this out. One human being, Ralph Oates, enters my world when I'm 17, 18 years old. Then he leaves. Or we, we, you know, we go our separate ways. And then when I'm 29 years old, he comes back into my life again. Think about that. How, how ironic that is. That one individual shaped my life and gave me the woman of my dreams. Now, that's a real story. So when I tell you about how I start and how I got going and what I do, sometimes you have to believe in fate and destiny. Like, you have to believe in yourself. And look, you know, as you all have done this, being advisors, right? The first several years suck. You learn what you're made of. You live in scarcity. You live in lack. You're in survival mode. I was definitely there. In fact, most of my clients made more money than I did back then. I just think about those days, like, you know, drive, you know, you know, taking the train into Manhattan, doing the networking events, 
um, you know, doing the after-hour card exchanges, getting home at 10, 11 o'clock at night and getting up at 5 a.m. to do exactly the same thing over and over again. Committing to what I have to do 24-7, 365. And like many of you, there were times when I quit along the way, where you get up in the morning and say, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, why am I doing this? If you don't question what you do once in a while, you know, it doesn't, I mean, you can resign in your mind. You can quit in your mind. That's okay. We all do it. But hopefully it'll only last for a couple hours. And what you'll find is what I know, which is I'm ill-equipped to do anything else but what I do. Like for some of you who make a quarter million and a half a million dollars a year and you want to quit and do something else, well, what are you going to do? Like where else are you going to find a game where you can be kind of dysfunctional and make six figures? Like, where does that exist? Show me show, show me a profession where you can make that a reality. It doesn't exist. So one of the things I always did in my career was I'm always asking what's next. How do I provide more value? How do I elevate? How do I try? Uh, one of the things, um, it's probably more natural to me, just a gift, is I'm very innovative, very creative. So I never say to myself, well, this is good enough, or hey, this is um, this will work, we're going to need to change it. I'm always asking, how do we make it better? What's next? For those of you who've been around me for, for some of you have been around me for decades now, you know that the person I am today is no, doesn't re- resemble the person even five, five, ten years ago. Because I believe human beings always have to evolve. I think if you wake up and you're saying, uh, you know what, this is, this is the epiphany, this is the final version of me, this is the ultimate version of me, like you, when you wake up in the morning like that, that'll probably be your last day on earth. I always believe there's another level. I always believe there's another enhancement. I always believe there's always a way to improve. And I try everything. So real quick, this is another good story real quick. So I got this crazy idea. Probably I was still in New Jersey at the time. So it had to be, I left 2000, I bet it was like 1997, 1997, 1998. I had gotten a lot of, I had gotten several clients from like uh, Morgan, it was actually Morgan, it was actually Dean Witter, which was just morphing into Morgan Stanley. So, you know, Morgan Stanley, you know, was it Stocks and Socks when Sears owned them. Remember Sears, some of you? And uh, I had this crazy idea of let's go ahead and do like like a rookie rookie stockbroker training. So I literally bought a list of all the Morgan Stanley offices, like in the tri-state area. And there are a lot of them. And this is we had, and, and and my wife would call my wife called the receptionist and we asked for the fax numbers because that's what we had. There was no internet. Remember, it's faxes, fax numbers. The internet was just being born, baby. I think AOL dial-up was just happening. And what we did, you got to check this out. I crafted this letter. We sent it via fax. Uh, Morgan Stanley rookie training coaching class teleconferences are, conferences are now forming. Right? If you want to get your new advisor, your new, your new stockbrokers, because that's still the term back then, uh, just hey, just let us know. Right? And and so we so we probably faxed like fifty offices, and about twenty of them sent us back like names of people and i said great we're gonna do it's like i forget like 50 bucks it was like nothing like 50 bucks a month per person and we had like 300 morgan stanley baby brokers on the we're doing i was doing these teleconferences right i mean and back then like you had to go hire a teleconferencing service it was per minute per line i mean it was it was not like it is today not even close and we ran that sucker for probably four years 
right? The fact that I knew we were running when I, when I moved to Florida. Here's the funny thing. All those managers thought it was an approved program from the home office. I ran that sucker for four years before somebody figured out that who's Joe Lucas and why are we paying him and what's this rookie training program we're doing, right? It's a true story. And uh, so obviously eventually went away and I was sad, um, but yeah, I knew the running was going to be on all that. But that's, I will tell you that funny story because um, I just took action. So one of the things that you always want to remember is uh, I don't care about failure. When I, when, what I mean by that is uh, I'm okay failing. I'm okay. Like if that Morgan Stanley thing didn't work out, I'd be okay. You know, okay, we tried it. It didn't work out. To this day, I fail. You know, for, for many, for the last several years, I've been trying to get, you know, our business planning program, you know, into companies, into organizations, right? Because uh, people tell us, and not, this is not me, uh, but everybody who's go through, who actually goes through our business planning process and completes it says the most powerful, life-changing, business-changing thing that they've ever done. And that's pretty much universal, which I'm, which I'm blessed with. And I've been trying to get a sucker into the industry, like, like really get it in, like the dominant. And, you know, I find 95% of advisors don't give a crap about their business plan. Right. So what do we do every year? I get my I get my blinders on. I say, you know what? We're going to make it happen this year. And I put tens of thousands of dollars in the marketing, branding, and we may wash it. At the end of the day, we wash it and uh, didn't get what I wanted. Right. I'm still failing today. Like I will try anything. I will go on any podcast. I, I have an open invitation to any advisor having 30 minutes of my time. No questions asked. You just have to go to coachjoe.guru and you'll see it right there. There's like I speak the truth. The one thing I've learned is that you need to be a giver. If you want to get, you got, if you want to receive, you have to give. And you just can't you just can't sit there and say, "Well, I'm going to value my time." Look, I know there's re- look, and I'm reasonable about that too. But I believe the prime rule in any potential business relationship is one party must provide value up front. Somebody's got to take that risk. I would prefer it be me. So I take that risk and give time. How do you how do you give risk? You give your time. Consultation, intro call, intro zoom, whatever. Right? Time, our most valuable commodity. Now why would you give a a, a prospect? I don't care if they're referred, I don't care how they come in. Because that's how you provide value up front. Right? You're not sitting there saying, hey, give me, hey, here's a credit card. You want an hour of my time? Well, you got to pay me first. I mean, I guess you can do that. I'm not a big fan of it. I think it's egotistical. I think it's arrogant. But if that's the way you want to jam, that's your jam. I get it. But the bottom line is, you know, we all provide value up front. That's one of the, life, that's one of the lessons of almost 30 years of doing what I do. So we're gonna wrap this up because I got I got a couple things I need to get to today, and I don't want to bore you guys with my with my life story here. Uh, you know, like I said, February is always an interesting month for me because this is the month I started my business twenty eight years ago, and um, I plan to do this for a long time. You know, I'll be fifty eight this year, and um, you know I'm gonna rock and roll for another good twenty twenty five years, hard. I want to coach when I'm 100. That's my goal. I don't know what that means, quite frankly. I don't know, you know, maybe it's a hologram by then. Like I said, I I have no idea. But I know when I wake up in the morning, I'm blessed 
of what I do. And I'm more blessed on who I do it with. So to my clients, I want to thank each and every one of you for 28 wonderful years. Uh, to Andy Tupler and Bob Scott for actually 28 years. For my tribes and everybody, again, it's been a blast. I'm grateful. I'm not satisfied. There's always going to be better. There's always next. There's that next piece. But just remember, I don't care if you've been an advisor one year or you're on your 40th year. Today is the best day of your entire career today. And tomorrow will be the best day of your entire career. And next year on in February will be the best day of your entire career. You know why? Because the last day of your career needs to be your best day of your career. Thank you for listening and watching this episode of the Gel Network Show. Hey, we're going to get back to some cool stuff uh, next episode. Uh, thank you for indulging me the last two episodes of what I, you know, telling a little bit about my story, uh, both personally, I guess a little bit more personally than I expected to go, but that's what happens when you start uh, start rolling down the road, the road here in uh, doing these things. And uh, have a great week. If there's anything I can ever do for you, uh, MagellanNetwork.net, uh, CoachJoe.Guru. And uh, thank you for your time today. And I'll see you on the next episode of the Magellan Network Show. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode of the Magellan Network Show. Hey, if any of this resonated with you, I invite you to come to MagellanNetwork.net and we have a powerful group coaching community of like-minded advisors. Come in for a trial. You and I will have a one-on-one conversation. Let's see if I can help elevate your game both personally and professionally.